Hello, everyone. This is your girl, Donna D, a.k.a. The Urban Mommy, and I am back with another podcast. Today, I have a very special guest by the name of Miss Sandy Stream, and she is going to be educating us on courage. We're going to be talking about courage, self-love, the comfort zone. We have a, a great dialogue coming up, and I hope you all stick around to the end because I know you will be very pleased. <laughs> Sandy, Welcome. Thank you, Stana. I really appreciate having uh, the opportunity to speak to you and speak to the people that uh, appreciate your show. All right. Thank you. All right. So the way we usually start up, we just basically introduce ourselves. So can you tell everyone who is Sandy and not Sandy, the author, but who is Sandy, the person? <laughs> I love how you ask that, right? Because I guess a big part of it is people are really attached to their titles, right? So yes. Officially, if we want to go title-wise, you know, yes, I'm a lawyer. I graduated from a very prestigious law school in Montreal, blah, blah, blah. But that's really not who I uh, consider myself. Um, over the past few years, after uh, struggling internally uh, in many ways during COVID, I really spent a lot of time in a deeper place of myself uh, and reading and meditating and watching and crying and doing everything else <laughs> in those moments. And um, now I guess um, what came from that is really a, a different sense of self and also a feeling of, it's not exactly a title, it's more um, my, um, I don't know, it doesn't really matter if you call them callings or passions or whatever else, it's what I am to do is to be a bit of an an activist and do my part in the world in uh, conveying what I feel would help the world. Okay. I like that. Okay. So you are a lawyer. You did go to law school and you, I think I, I saw you practice law for almost 20 years. You yeah. I was law. teaching. Yeah. I was teaching uh, business people actually. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. That's very important. <laughs> okay. So in all of that, when you found your, your, your higher calling, you started talking about self-care and a lot of a lot of times we talk about self-care self-love and people unnecessarily say that it, it can be selfish so what are your thoughts on self-love and having it not be selfish uh yeah i mean for me uh there's probably about like i don't know 40 50 uh, different topics uh to really trying to you know, really understand deeply in order to feel well in our world and to function as, you know, as a healthy player in our world. And one of them only is uh, this aspect of taking care of yourself. Um, and yes, unfortunately, many of us are brought up with the idea that self-love is selfish. Um, if you think about that just for a moment, you know, how could loving yourself be selfish. It really doesn't make sense, right? So a lot of us have been taught the opposite. So if you try to do something that's good for you, you know, you get accused or put down or challenged or how could you, you know, this party is important for me and blah, blah, blah. And you're trying to take care of yourself and then getting filled with guilt for taking care of yourself. So for me, uh, it's obviously not selfish. In fact, I would, you know, turn it around completely and say it's absolutely your responsibility. Um, as an adult to take care of yourself. And if you're not, it's actually irresponsible in terms of being a healthy adult. Okay. So mm -hmm. what exactly is self-love? I know it's kind of self-explanatory, yeah. but it isn't as easy as people think. So it's not just, I mean, it is just self-love, but can you explain and maybe give some examples? Because people think just going to the spa is self-love. I mean, it could be self-care, but they think that that's all it takes. It's more than that. 
Um, well, for me, the deepest, I guess, two um, most important elements for me of when I think about loving myself is um, realizing uh, your own challenges and being kind to yourself. So um, being kind to yourself, it's a big challenge for most people, actually. I think they're not uh, truly kind to themselves. They like to think of themselves as kind people. But if you ask them, are you kind to yourself? Um, it's probably not. So being really, really understanding of yourself, uh, it's a it's a very difficult thing, I think, for most people to do. Meaning, if you mess up, are you able to understand why you messed up and why that might have happened and to be caring or forgiving or understanding to yourself? If you are going through a hard time, are you able to comfort yourself instead of criticizing yourself? If you are... Um, um, needing space are you able to you know respect that in yourself and need some space and assert that or express boundaries or everything else so there's many uh, facets of it of it but ultimately I guess it means um, really uh, seeing your deeper self and and taking care of it like a mama bear I suppose so all the facets that would be related to that uh, and when we do that, I actually think it helps the world. So it's not only not selfish, but you end up helping the world as a byproduct of this because uh, you end up feeling well yourself. And when you feel well, you 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 do things from a healthier place than when you're not um, feeling well internally, right? So what happens on the inside happens on the outside is a, a comment that many people like to say. So I would say the first thing before you worry about helping the world or doing anything for anyone or solving anything or changing anything would be really to look inward and take care of yourself, help yourself, love yourself. Uh, and then if your cup becomes so full, then, you know, probably it will spill over into the world after that naturally. Right. Okay. Can we talk about parents? A lot of times parents as kids, we kind of put our kids uh, first and so much so that we we neglect ourselves, loving ourselves, taking care of ourselves because yeah. our kids are so much. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few reasons. I have a 23-year-old and a 15-year-old, and I've made my uh, share of mistakes and learned the, my share of lessons, so I can speak only to my experience. But um, there's many reasons that I think we do that. But sometimes, you know, it's just a circumstance and we do need to put a lot of energy because there's a lot of need. So there's no criticism there or maybe it just is what it is at that time. But other times, um, there's a few things that I think that can happen. You know, if we have not um, learned uh, to love ourselves deeply and unconditionally and, and see ourselves uh, you know, the word self-worth is used a lot. It's like used lightly, but I would use it as a deeper level. Like just really treat yourself, see yourself as a, as a human being that's kind of equal to anyone else as a spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it. So if you haven't um, arrived at that feeling for whatever reason, then a lot of times parents will try to get their self-esteem from their children. So if their children achieve this or that, or if their children do well in this or that, that makes them a better person or better parent. And if they don't, then even worse, that means I'm a bad parent or a bad person or whatever else. So they really attach their own uh, self-esteem or self-worth to what happens with their children. So that can make us do a lot of strange things, I guess, with their children. 
Um, another thing that I think I've learned, you know, and it doesn't mean I'm preaching as if I, I'm a know-it-all. Anything I've learned is because I was probably doing the opposite. But another <laughs> thing that's super important is, um, you know, a lot of us didn't learn to trust ourselves um, when we were kids or adults even, and we weren't given that um, trust. We have everyone telling us what to do all the time. You know, you should do this, you should do this. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, this is how we were often raised. And so we don't develop this deep trust of ourselves that we kind of know which way we should move in our life. Or, you know, we have a feeling about how to go. We don't have practice doing that. And then we are, can likely transmit that also to our kids. So we, now we, we micromanage, control our kids completely, thinking we know exactly, you know, what's good for them or how should it go. So that, that, that takes a ton of energy. So let alone the aspect of not using energy to take care, you know, take care of yourself, you can actually be wasting a lot of energy, actually not even being helpful to your kids um, by doing, for example, these two. I could probably think of other things, but I think these right. two... Uh, are the first two Great that come example. to my mind. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Okay. So um, you also talk about demonizing emotions. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's a very big one. So first, again, always with ourself first before we're thinking about other people. Um, you know, we often, when we have an emotion, we think something is wrong with us or we're not supposed to have it. Uh, you know, if I feel sad, I shouldn't feel sad. I feel angry. Oh, I shouldn't feel angry or whatever. But actually, our emotions are very natural. They're very healthy. And they are our guidance system. So opposite than what many people are taught. They actually guide you to how you should move in the world. So if you're angry, maybe, I mean, it could be other things. Maybe underneath the anger, there could be hurt or it could be very controlling behavior. So that aside, if it's not just to control other people that are not doing what you want them to do. Um, but if we're angry, often it's actually a sign that our boundaries have been broken. So instead of saying like, oh, I shouldn't be angry. Maybe it's like, hmm, why am I angry? Maybe I, I feel disrespected or maybe I feel something that I need to think about or, or you know, and understand in myself and express or assert so we're not equating anger with aggression they're not the same thing anger is a feeling aggressive behavior is something else but there's absolutely nothing wrong with feeling anger i mean that's what the body is feeling and to look at that and we demonize that we often uh, demonize that in our kids as well like you shouldn't feel this you shouldn't feel that and it's very unhealthy it makes them i think it's one of the main uh, reasons that many people walk around feeling something is wrong with them because we're constantly given the feedback that something's wrong with you. What you're feeling is wrong. What you're feeling is wrong. What you're feeling is wrong. So, of course, you start thinking, okay, well, maybe something is wrong with me. I'm feeling all these things. So, uh, I think learning to understand and validate emotions, again, not aggression, has nothing to do with throwing things or anything like that. Um, but just what somebody feels and understanding it. Uh, I think that uh, goes a long way to learning to under understand yourself and navigate yourself in the world um, and feel at peace with yourself in the world because you know yourself to understand yourself better. You know? Right. Yeah. I had a guest on a podcast a couple of days ago and she was talking about how as a kid, well, not even as a kid, as she became older, they mm -hmm. mislabeled her. They gave her medication and everything for being bipolar. Yeah. And after speaking with, you know, with another doctor, she later found out that she was not bipolar. Oh my just, you know, everybody wow. has emotions. You're happy, you're sad. That's natural. People think just because they are sad that 
they're depressed. That's just because you're sad, it doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed. Um, sometimes yeah. we have sad days, we're human, so it's okay yeah. to, to be that way. Sure, and maybe also, maybe a lot of people are very lonely, right? That it's a natural thing to be sad if you're lonely and you're not, you know, opening and talking with many people. And I think these days there is such a lack of uh, connection, like true connection, not superficial, unfulfilling um, connection, but true connection where people can be open and honest and connect. It's a very rare thing. So uh, in Montreal, I facilitate, I call them courage circles in person. Once a week we meet and we have an environment where people can actually um, be open and we discuss different topics every single week and we can discuss them openly and honestly. And, you know, when you have that kind of environment where everybody's not trying to advise each other, fix each other, dismiss each other's feelings, all that stuff that seems to be, I don't know how it's the norm in the society, because I know what definitely feels normal to me now is what's happening in that circle. That feels very normal. Mm -hmm. And in that environment, people feel connected. And yeah. we don't really have that much, right? Uh, and it's hard if, if you're dealing with someone as soon as you say something, they're like, oh, but you should do that. Well, you're not connected. You're not giving right. space for them to exist and to express and to process. You're just trying to tell them what to do in their life. So it's I, maybe a skill to learn. I don't know how. Yeah. I think that's a lot. Social media kind of... Um, it, puts that out there because we put out our comment or whatever it is that we have to say. And then five seconds later, here's someone with a, that had that story or they have a better idea or they have some type of judgment for you. Yeah. And I think that we've, we've become so accustomed to that, even with the poor celebrities, anything that happens in their lives, we're jumping down their necks. Yeah. Um, and, and it's true. We need to get back to the point where we can just talk. So many people yeah. are not able to talk because they are afraid of what others are going to say. Yeah, and I don't blame them, right? Because people are, um, you know, if they're very critical, it's very hard to deal with as a human being. So got to try to find the few people around you that maybe are not so critical. But the main thing, I think, again, it always starts with yourself, you know, learning yeah. to not be self-critical. And then eventually that will expand around you because you will set boundaries on that behavior, right? But you're not going to set boundaries if you're doing it yourself. So you learn to be kind to yourself and then somebody else is saying like you know you shouldn't be making those stupid mistakes you'd be like hey don't don't talk to me that way please or, you know you'll set boundaries there and maybe change um, dealing with other people or maybe modify this relationship so it really starts with us and then i think it expands outside ourselves once it's like cleaned up in there right so how important is boundary setting um, I think it's actually one of the top things to learn uh, to do. It's a very hard thing. It's actually, I, I think it's it's the hardest thing maybe uh, to do in, in terms of like your personal growth or whatever else to set boundaries. Because uh, if in your families this was not done or it was not accepted. So all of a sudden, if you say no to something, um, first of all, it feels like you're different than the family or than the whatever you're like not going with the group that's a very frightening feeling internally if you're not used to it maybe after you've done it 10 20 50 times you feel like of course i'm not allowed to do this but starting to do it is extremely scary um and yes some people react very badly to it right so if i say no i i 
you know, I really don't want to hear about this anymore today. I'm, you know, it's too much for me. How could you, you know, they take it all personally. They think it's about them. We're actually, you're expressing your limits. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to deal with that and still hold your ground. Very difficult mm -hmm. to do that. But ultimately for me, boundaries are not about like putting rules or, you know, imposing things on other people. It's really learning to define yourself. What it is, is an expansion or defining of yourself. Because if you feel, for example, I'm too tired to go out today or whatever it is, and you respect that limit, that will lead you in the right direction and the right mm -hmm. direction and the right direction and the right direction to become more and more yourself. So boundaries are really the path to becoming you at a deeper level instead of being who others think you're supposed to be or what yeah. others are telling you. But you probably have experienced or done a lot of that yourself. I imagine if you're doing a podcast, so that must have been on your path, I imagine, Donna. <laughs> yes. And um as you as you're talking, I'm just sitting here thinking. And I don't I don't want to say I was raised to be a people pleaser. I don't want to say that, but I I think I have always been a people pleaser. And yeah. it almost, it literally pains me to say no to somebody. And of course, some people take advantage of it, but it is so tough for me to say no. I was just thinking about, with, even with work, the last couple of months, I have been going through so much. Mm -hmm. And I have like a great connection with the people I work with and like mm -hmm. the, the clients that I work with. Mm -hmm. None of them had a clue what was going on in my life mm -hmm. so much. And I just had to, put a mask on and just continue to do it because I couldn't say no, but I wanted to say no. I needed to say no, mm. but I did And do you I know why? No. Yeah. I understand. I mean, I uh, I don't know your whole story or anything, but I, I can relate in terms of, you know, when I was uh, younger, and it's not about blaming, it doesn't really matter at this point where or why that came from, but I definitely felt like, you know, being the good one or the nice one, you know, and you're and pleasing, like you really get that becomes like your role or how you get attention or that's what makes you good, right? Yeah. Like you're the good girl or whatever, right? And so to move away from that, there's like this reflex of like, am I not good if I don't, you know, so again, right. back to this feeling of like, I'm not good or whatever. And so what you know, happened with me uh, in this process of a few years is really when you get in touch with yourself so deeply and realize I'm good, period. Like it's not even good enough because good enough sounds like, okay, I'm 80%. I'm not a hundred percent. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> right. so if you think of yourself in these months going through it, you're going like, you know, I, I'm a good person. I'm just going through all this stuff or whatever else. And so when you start to develop this deeper uh, feeling of goodness inside, no matter what's going on, and no longer uh, feel like you must perform or do something or be nice in order to get the feeling. So in, in fact, if you think about it, if I'm only nice in order to get the feeling that I'm good, is that really nice, right? Is that that's not? I'm not kind of getting a piece of something from doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead, a different idea than trying to get this, almost like an addiction of getting like some nice points or something from doing nice actions. Another approach completely is to sit on the floor and see if you can feel your goodness without doing absolutely nothing for anybody in any way in this world. And am I still good, even if I'm doing nothing? 
And so if you arrive at that feeling that your goodness is not dependent on doing these, whatever they are, almost addictive behaviors, I would say, yeah. then whatever you're doing is coming because you feel like it's not to try to get some weird point. You, you already feel that and then you're just going about life doing what you feel you need to do or, you know, what calls you to do it, but you're not like doing it from the same need. So I think the practice would be to just sit and do nothing and see if you can handle that and not do and anything I, for anyone. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I'm listening, I don't necessarily mm. think I... I do do it, but I think I do it because I think that's me. I have grown mm. into this role mm. and it has become me so much that I don't even know who me is. Exactly. I think that that's all I'm supposed to do because I'm just, right. just as we're talking, I'm like literally having a moment. Yeah. I'm thinking because like my car was stolen, so oh. I, I couldn't get to places. Yeah. And, you know, I would still catch an Uber to go do stuff for other people and I don't I didn't even have a car well you know when you say that that you know who am I if I'm not running around doing all these things for other people my quick feeling if it's okay to tell you is you are being led by your boundaries so who you are like I said we we become us when we don't know who I am who am I like I'm kind of lost boundaries is what guide us because you said like I knew I shouldn't do that. Like I was supposed to say no. That's you. Yeah. That's you. And if you constantly respect that no, that inner no that says no, uh, which if you think about it, it's not really saying no to other people. It's actually saying yes to you. Right. So if yeah. you continue to say yes to you, uh, no, I, you know, I need to take care of myself. I cannot drive these things or whatever. The more we say yes to ourselves, we start to feel ourselves more. Right because we're right. the boundaries are actually like defining ourselves right. so listening to that internal note or like i like to call it it's a yes to you it may be a no to others but it's a yes to you it, it makes us get to know ourselves better one boundary at a time basically that's true so, and i'm, I'm yeah. thinking maybe hmm. i'm saying we but maybe i do it because i think it'll i don't say make someone like you or something yes <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's another interesting one. We did a, a circle on that one once. So we talk, like I said, every week we do uh, different circles. And for me, at least where I arrive with that, and it's all new, like I didn't always think this way. I just share where I'm at, right? People take what they like and they share with each other what they like. But um, for me, what I arrived with that was to realize, like, you know, do I really want to you know and again people use that word power give your power away they use it like loosely but just really think about it practically speaking so let's say you're in the room donna would i like to give donna you will now be the person in this world from now on okay for the next 10 years you are going to decide if i am nice you're going to decide if i'm good you are going to decide if you approve of me or not you're going to decide Uh, what I should do in the world, if I should feel guilty, if I do this, if I should feel that. Like you get to decide all that from now on. So what is that, right? That is giving my power from me to you, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So when we learn to like take that back, meaning like, no, I am going to decide my goodness, my choices, uh, where what I should do or not do and whatever, and not put it in the external world and trust myself deeper, and go with that and then if somebody likes me or not well, that's not 
really my business. It's not in my control and it's not my business either. My business is to follow myself and what happens, happens. You know, right. it's a hard thing to do, right? Like it took a lot of time and courage to feel this way, but this is how I feel at peace. So that's why I share this because this is how I feel like, like I'm at ease, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just following. It's like you're going with the water inside, you know, following what I feel I should do. You know right. I mean? Yeah. Okay. So does that make sense? What do you think? It does. It does. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess I have a lot of thinking to do because it's just like you I don't want to say you have to reinvent yourself but I literally have to find myself because for so long yeah. myself was in actions yes you yeah. know and a lot of people actions. are in that yeah everybody seems to be falling in that trap from what I'm seeing myself included you know you are you're uh, you're this you're succeeded in this you did this whatever you're achieved in this and that and that's uh That's why one of the first things we do in the circle, actually, I ask everyone to introduce themselves. And mm-hmm. then I say, okay, what we're going to do, you know, for this hour that we're sitting together is we're going to drop all those things. So I'm the first, I drop my title, right? And I have like a prestigious one. So it just sets an example of, can we drop our titles and our work and actually our kids and our pets for this hour mm-hmm. and just talk to each other as human beings? So it's a different uh, way to relate when you relate from a deeper level than your credentials your diplomas your whatever you know i'm not saying that you know it's not cool to do all those things but deeper that's not that's not who we are our deeper essence okay so talking about comfort zone why the comfort zone seems so uncomfortable (laughs) yeah um that one i like to think about so a lot of people talk about getting out of the comfort zone as if your current zone is comfortable, but actually maybe it's not comfortable at all. Maybe it's actually miserable. So mm-hmm. what's what's the other zone is not just uncomfortable. Like, so what, uh, you know, if you call this a comfort zone, that's the un- uncomfortable zone. I would say it's almost the opposite. This one might be very, very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. the other one is just unknown, you know, and people are not comfortable with what we don't know. Um, because they're used to, you know, planning and predicting everything and we cannot. And so it's scary. Um, and so I guess maybe that's where trust comes in a little bit and to just be able to do things without knowing and just realize there's a million possibilities that can happen and what will happen will happen. I'll just do what feels right and see what happens, you know. Well, let's see what happens. That's right. hard for people to do, you know. They want to control the future, which is not possible. No. And so they get stuck in this kind of control mode mm-hmm. instead of uh, making a choice, letting go, see what happens, make another choice, let go, see what happens. Because we cannot, you know, control the millions of things that are going to move around, you know. I cannot control what you're going to say in the next two seconds. <laughs> you, me, right? So right. we have to just kind of go with it. Yeah. Were you always like this or did this, uh, did this come after COVID? Oh, no, this is all new. I was completely, I don't want to say another person, you know, it's just we learn different things from different moments in our life. And I think the, the level of suffering that I was feeling mm. was so deep um, and so difficult that I guess I was really seeking desperately to help myself. Mm. And so I just uh, spent a lot of time 
reading, listening, meditating, like whatever, everything and, and just taking notes. And maybe my kind of lawyerly skills did, you know, help me in terms of organizing. So I would like literally have pages all around, like organizing, like, oh, this person just said something really interesting about people pleasing. Can I write it down? That was like me, a people pleasing section, then this section, this section. And I had like huge number of sections mm -hmm. because it took many pieces for me to start feeling like okay like how do i live i don't even know how to how do i function here in this world right. like feeling okay and it was many pieces it's not like okay meditate 10 minutes a day you're gonna feel good mm -mm. wasn't like right. that yeah right and and i'm like i said I'm, I'm learning a lot just you know this conversation so i really do appreciate it because this this conversation is actually more for me at this point because uh -huh. I, <laughs> thank you nice just, sure I'm, I'm learning a lot um, from your conversation. Just thinking like, I was always kind of more like an overachiever as well. I would always want to do this and do this and do this and do this. I guess now that I'm looking at, I have always been looking for validation because I would do something, all right, I got a degree. Okay, I think I need another one. Okay, oh, now no, I have a master's degree. Now I have a right. master's degree. All I think I want to do is it just, it never stops. Yeah. No, it never stops and we're looking for other people to approve us or love us or recognize us, you know, and we don't, we weren't really taught that we could, I mean, ideally it's nice to get it from parents, but we weren't really taught that we can offer that to ourselves completely. And in fact, when it comes to unconditional love, um, I, my view, it doesn't mean people have to agree, my view is it's actually extremely rare. Um, to, to see in full action, whether even parent to child, like really unconditional, um, but it's absolutely possible to give it to yourself. Mm. And so um, it's a wonderful thing to be able to care and love yourself, like no matter what you do, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, which is what so many of us really would love to have, but it's possible to have internally. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that actually goes perfect to the next topic, which is love from the inside. Yeah. So I guess that's what it is, right? <laughs> so we are able to uh, do that. And I think we're actually best suited to do that for ourselves because it really is hard for anyone else to know us as well as we know ourselves, right? Like, so even if you, if you probably spent some time talking to me about these past few months about the car stolen and all the difficulties, I can understand it. It would maybe help, you know, to have another human being, you know, understand and connect and validate who's truly understand. But ultimately you're really the only one who knows like, you know, everything, not just this month and the whole year and your five years and your 20 years and like all this stuff, like you really, really know what's happened. And so if you can be compassionate to yourself for that, this feeling of compassion for self is so medicinal. It's like our ultimate medicine, I would say, to offer ourselves understanding, kind understanding of our own you know, experiences that we're the only ones who really know it to the level of detail um, that anyone else. It's a very healing um, thing to do for yourself. And once you've done it to yourself consistently, regularly, to the point where you feel at ease and you process all your, your pain and everything else, then it just becomes natural. You will see that for others, right? Because you've seen your own. So you can understand other people because you understand yourself. Right. right. Always starts with us. Always starts with us. 
It does. Forgiveness yeah. is always a big, a huge topic um, in so many different uh, avenues. We always talk about forgiveness, but very rarely do we ever talk about self-forgiveness. We forgive yeah. everyone. Yeah. But, well, in our circles, we start with that, obviously. <laughs> we don't worry about forgiving other people. For you, really need to start with that, forgiving yourself. And it's a, it's a tough one. I, you know, I notice the more someone is raised with perfectionist mentality, the harder it is to do forgiveness. Yeah. And that's because there's, it's almost like again, like yeah, you're talking about this achieving thing, right? It's almost as if there's some kind of point system, and I'm like doing points to get to perfect or something mm -hmm. right? versus no I'm good inside and I'm just kind of navigating life and doing whatever making mistakes making not mistakes but it doesn't affect this internal feeling right mm -hmm. so if you've been raised or you've adopted this mentality it's just mm -hmm. very hard to make mistakes and to let yourself and forgive yourself because you get diminished oh shoot like I have to admit I'm a loser or something <laughs> do you know what I mean So it's very hard and to let it go. Whereas the other way, you're like, well, I'm a human being. Well, I made mistakes. I'm learning. Okay. And I forgive myself. That's what I knew at the time. That's, I mean, that's what I knew. So what else was I supposed to do? And do you see what I mean? It doesn't take away from the inner uh, uh, definition of yourself as a good person because you messed up. You just learned. You just messed up. So, yeah. This well, whatever. You made a mistake. Oh, I've made my share. Right. I'm like huge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, um, I'm thinking, let me see, my daughter is 10. So about mm -hmm. 10, probably 10 years ago, my ex and I, you know, we were breaking up, of course. And he, he texts me and he's like, all right, well, whatever. He's, he called me Miss Perfect. And I was like, mm. and I was so mad. And that bothered me for years. I literally mm -hmm. took a screenshot of that little text and yeah. I just kept it. I was like, why does he say that? I'm not like that. I don't act like that. But Today, <laughs> I just realized that I think that maybe he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And now I see that I think I, I don't say, I don't proclaim to be perfect or anything like that. But I do think, just like you said, I have some kind of striving to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. I have That's this point perfectionism. System. Sure. I have a yeah, point man. system and I, and I do. Yeah. And like, I, I literally just, just, just accepted that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, like everything, look at ourselves with compassion, right? And you can say, oh, shoot, like, and that's why in, in the group, what we try to do is just look at the truth. We're not trying to look what's nice, not nice, the ideal, comfortable, not comfortable. What's the truth? And the truth in this question would be, you know, am I doing for you? Am I doing, you know, am I taking on this perfectionism concept and why have I taken this on? Where did it come from? Um, is it happening? Is it healthy for me? Is it good to do or not without being critical just to see the truth of it? You know, what is this about? Like maybe getting curious, where does it come from to have this, you know, perfectionism or non-perfect? What is it? Read about, you know what I mean? So right. that's a kind way to look at things instead of like, oh, should I shouldn't be doing this. This is, wrong. you know, what is it? Why did I adopt that? Um, Did I need to do that for some reason? Did I have pain that I was dealing with that I ended up doing? You know what I mean? So that's right. the kind way to learn. And so if you're seeing this, um, then if you're curious, you'll learn about it and you learn about yourself and then see where it takes you. you know? Right. I need to come yeah. to Montreal. I need to come join the, the Sure. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. It took me 30 
I'm 52. Yeah, no criticism. Who can you know? It, when we're ready, we're ready. Or when it's time, it's time. There's no again. There's no points about that either. Right? That's true. Yeah. I gotta stop being so tough on myself. I guess. Maybe sounds like <laughs> it a little bit, right? If you have these strong expectations of uh, what yeah. you're supposed to do and achieve, even in self growth, right? We can end up with perfectionism of self. I have to achieve this level of personal growth or something. Yeah. So it's still part of the same uh, mind. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, looking in the heart. And I think, you know, it might be for you, Don. I don't know. But I think I've noticed like a lot of times it's very hard, especially if you're actually very intelligent head wise. Right. Mm -hmm. If you are very good analytically and whatever, and you you do achieve a lot because you're very good. Right. At math, law, whatever else. And you get a lot of credit for that is actually maybe even I wonder it's a theory. It's actually even harder to not you know make that you and for you to be your heart space and your inner whatever else because you've gotten all this like whether it's credit or whatever validation for those things and so it might be even harder to drop into a deeper part of ourselves and not make that um the deep self it doesn't mean we don't use that right but right. if you find yourself deeper then you're using that as a tool like a calculator i like to call the head as a calculator i have a super calculator here mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm not a calculator i'm the heart and then the heart will guide us to do certain things and we'll use a calculator maybe how to carry it out but the, the boss is the in deeper inside you know what i mean yeah okay So in your book, you talk about climate change, but when you talk about the regular climate change, so what is climate change as you speak about in your book? Um, Well, the kind of climate change I think that we need is kind of a little bit what I'm feeling here, Don. I'm actually really enjoying our, (laughs) our energy here for whatever reason is because I guess because of your, your energy right now, this climate, what we're just me and you in this moment is a very open climate meaning people can uh, share they can be honest they can learn they can look at things you know am i being perfectionist am i not am i doing that whatever and when you have this kind of climate as human beings together um, and not doing dismissive behavior critical behavior uh, and all those things that are so unhealthy this kind of climate allows people to open to have connection to grow to learn Uh, all the good things in the world. So I think that, you know, the way we deal with each other, that's the climate we really need to look at how people interact together and uh, start setting boundaries of who we interact with and how we interact. And eventually it'll hopefully be contagious. Uh, And then um, that's what I think will indirectly impact all the other problems, you know, that come from these internal sources. I think this is the actual issue of most things right very true okay so can you talk a little bit about your book that you do have can you tell us about it and also let people know how they can purchase it uh well my book is like a little manual that i wrote for myself basically (laughs) it was like my little compilation of how do i run my life um so there's just little sections on many things some of the ones we talked about you know a page on boundaries, a page on people, mm-hmm. a page on this, a page on like, just so there's like many pieces to a puzzle. 
Mm. And this is my puzzle. It doesn't mean it's other people's puzzle, but I have a feeling there's overlap, right? Because we're all right. human beings. So yes. uh, it's called the Courage Circle. And uh, I guess it's on Amazon and everywhere else, whatever. It's called the Courage Circle, how to live in truth and dare. And um, my website is thecouragecircle.com. And what there is there is the link, I guess, to my book and also to those circles that I uh, facilitate. Is It's in person or are the circles online? Uh, so we do in person every Sunday. And recently I started online. They're free. Uh, usually about 10, 15 people join every week online. So Donna, if you're interested, welcome to join. Yeah, I yeah. definitely need to. So is that on like Facebook or just go to the um, It's on Meetup. Um, yeah, if you go on the CourageCircle.com, it's a Meetup group. And there's, you know, you just RSVP and whatever. And you join okay. and we just discuss different topics. That's nice. You yeah. have a very soothing voice as well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I should do bedtime stories instead. Yes. I'm like, this is so interesting because I'm listening like, but then your voice is like, I want to just, but it's, it's so relaxing. It's good. But I, I think that helps because it helps. I'm, you know, I'm being vulnerable. It helps me to relax and be comfortable in telling, you know, trusting, you know, have a trusting. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, well, actually in our circle, I think everybody kind of starts to have this kind of feeling right and it's not i don't know if it's necessarily my voice voice but <laughs> i guess people feel in the room even so it's not just me I, mm-hmm. I assure you it's not but if you start to sit in the room and nobody's jumping on the other person right like even if you tell me okay i'm thinking there's like perfect i'm not like you know you should really call this doctor this stuff is really whatever read this book this one wrote that on the you know it's forceful and if if you kind of back off and let everyone do their own work you, know, yeah. you can say things but it's their life and not be controlling or critical that's really the only thing that's like you know and we, everybody does that now in the circle it's like this is the way we are together it feels very very healthy okay yeah yeah it's rare unfortunately but who knows maybe it happens right, so <laughs> i also have a question that i like to ask so if you could go back in time and talk to 17-year-old Sandy, yep. what would you tell her? Um, the one thing I wasn't hearing back then, which I wish I heard, was um, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Like, even if nobody ever has before and nobody does around you, just trust yourself. You know, we have we have like an inner guidance system and we can follow that and it'll direct us to what's best for us in our specific life. You know, everybody's different. Right. Okay. So before I let you go, most of us had to go through life before we finally had the realization that we needed change to, to make change. Mm. Like, you know, like we are now. Do you, since you do have kids, do you teach your kids that now? Or do you let them go through life the way you went through it and then kind of figure it out? Well, what I do now, I mean, it's not the same as what I was doing five years ago or 10 years ago, because I'm growing and learning. So I was maybe doing things not in the best way always. I try to do now, and I'm not great at it, (laughs) is number one, not to give constant advice. It's very hard um, not to do that, um, because that sends the message that they don't know what the hell they're doing. I always have to tell you what to do. And that's not the trust 
a thing that you want to build in them, right? So it's better to ask about what they feel and what they think and what do you think you should do and all that. Um, and also give space to have feelings. I would do that differently if I were to do it again, you know, learning to really, really validate feelings. Like I would ask anyone to watch, you know, watch 20 YouTubes on validating feelings of children. I think that's absolutely critical uh, for their well-being. And also not to panic if they don't achieve this and that. Like, you know, people have different paths in the world. Who's to say, you know, how are we doing this point system? You know, what if they're nice to their neighbors and they just kind of live a normal life? What's wrong with that? Or, you know? True. <laughs> so to let, you know, children kind of guide themselves into how they are to live in this world and without criticizing or, or ranking them by degrees. I think that's a big mistake. That is, that's so true. Okay. So <laughs> as we, we do, we, we have come to the end. I, of course, I told you, I appreciate you. And I promise you, I really do. Um, I've given myself some homework, including going to check out your book, check out the website, join that. I have some videos I need to watch on YouTube and I am going to figure out this weird stuff that's going on right now. Um, <laughs> But I, like I said, again, I appreciate you. And I know that somebody that is listening, that that has touched their lives as well. I always try my best to be vulnerable. And, you know, I got to tell the truth. I'm a horrible liar because I will forget. So I just tell the truth. And it's my truth. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I think your openness is very uh, clear and such a beautiful example. Of, you know, how we learn is just simply to do that, to be honest and open. You know? Yes. Yeah. Great. I appreciate it. So, again, thank you all for staying with us all the way to the end. I hope you got something from it. I hope you can take something from this as well. And if the Lord says the same, I will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Donna. Bye,